Welcome back, podcast friends, to I Am Healthy and Fit. I Am Healthy and Fit is the affirmation that begins changing your health and fitness from the inside out. I'm Steve Jordan, your health and fitness coach. Welcome, Lalo, to the I Am Healthy and Fit podcast. I feel great. Thank you. Awesome. Well, feeling great is important, and we're in a health and fitness podcast today, and you're a champion musician, composer, pianist. Uh, you conductor. A conductor as well. You've achieved in your field the dreams of millions of other musicians around the world. I, I sit here in your office, and I look at plaques uh, that are awarded to you, uh, platinum records, stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, statues from from all over the world. Uh, I know that there's more to your success than just music and playing instruments and writing music. I know that you have to have a certain level of health and fitness. And me being your health and fitness coach right now, I know how important it has been and is to you. Can you give our audience a little bit of a perspective on how health and fitness played a role in your success as a music, as a musician and composer, writer, and have some of the, you have some of the most memorable music uh, com- compositions out there. Can you give us some insight? I was lucky. I was very lucky because I didn't even think that this was going to happen. I I don't even I didn't even like many many people I mean, in in dif- different areas they have dreams about doing this and becoming this and this. I even didn't have a dream I just wanted to concentrate on what I was doing one thing at a time and do it well and all of a sudden things started to happen people started to like what I was doing and this was beyond. What I expected. Hmm. So you played sport, as knowing you and through your history, uh, we've talked a lot about you know things in your in your life. You played soccer growing up, is that oh, correct? Yeah, yeah. Or otherwise known as football in Argentina, where you're originally from? Well, all over the world, the, the, the English-speaking countries is called soccer, but all the other countries, uh, Europe, like Italy, Latin countries, Spain. They, and also uh, South America, which is where I am from, uh, Argentina, they call it football. Mm. Uh, and what age did you start playing football? Oh, very early. In, in Argentina, when you go to even grammar school, you start playing on the, not, uh, it's, a, it's not a official, you don't play, it's the kids, we're kids and we start playing. And you didn't just play, though. You excelled in football, soccer. You uh, you achieved, even in that sport, uh, recognition and played for some very top-level 
uh, soccer teams. Can you give us some insight on that? Yes, I I started to play, like I said, as an amateur, but then some of the coaches of the other team and managers, they started to watch me. And they started to invite me to play with those things, which I didn't expect either. I was studying music, I was going to school and college, so I didn't have the time to put too much time on soccer. But they said, they said that I had a natural, a natural, well, a natural. Like a natural gift. Yeah. So I, I started to play, and a lot of success. Mm. I knew how, the, 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 they call it gambetear. Go around a player and make him believe that you are going that way, and fast. Ah, so and you, you fool them. Yeah. So I don't know how to call it here. Yeah, so you trickery or you you sh you juke them out. They say. Exactly, and I was very fast on that. I'm very sneaky. Mm -hmm. I would look that way, and they think I'm going that way, but I go the other way. That's it's cool. very fast. It's difficult to explain because... Yeah, I think we get the, the picture. That's very cool, especially since the World Cup just passed, and I know that oh, there yeah. was many more viewers of the World Cup this time than but I think I any other to, time. I had to get, uh, get out of that because my other activities, school, college, and music, piano, and started to study harmony, and later on started to conducting and writing. I couldn't do it. And I, I must say, I prefer music rather than soccer. I mean, uh, do you think you could have been a professional soccer player had you focused on it and didn't have music as a fallback? I, I, I must say that I like music more. Music was my uh, focus. Right, but if you didn't have the music, do you think you could have played professionally or at a very it, high level? If, you know, you never have to... We are not voyants. Yeah, we can't see the future. No. It's uh, a good answer. Eh? It's a good answer. Yeah, well, it's true. I, it's impossible to see clairvoyance. Sure. What did you learn from playing soccer as a team sport? How did that teamwork help you in your career? Oh, I don't know. It has nothing to do with it. You don't think it has anything to do? No. no? What about managing bands and or uh, your other team of experts and producers to help achieve a certain goal in your career? Do you don't think that teamwork or learning I think that socialization helped at all? The, 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 the secret to be successful is to think one thing at a time. If you think that while you're playing soccer, you are going to be better on music, you... you because you don't think about soccer and music. Right. This is the secret. You concentrate in one thing. Like, when you are playing soccer, you have to do this and that and that. When you're playing music, you hear in your, it's, it's more mental. Music is, uh, because you don't move. Mm. You don't move at all. But you're moving with your brain. Sounds that come to you, and you have to write it down fast. Mm. And they, if you don't write it down fast, the ideas go away. Sure, uh, that's interesting. And I, you've talked about having a pad I, I, at I your bed stand. Yeah, next to my bed, when an idea comes, that's why I don't sleep too much. Mm. Ideas keep coming and they are good ideas. 
Uh, so it's totally different. It's awesome. So I want to, we, we opened up this uh, podcast with Mission Impossible, your theme song that you created for the Mission Impossible brand. Tell me and our audience about how you came about coming up with that that harmony, the, the music that now is going to live on and forever. Not only the harmony, the harmonies are very simple, but the rhythm is... The rhythm. Yeah, I'd, but I think the way it's that, uh, Mission Impossible started like a television series before mm. it became movies. Okay. And that's where it started, and that's what made it happen to the movies. Because it was very successful as a television series. A lot of people were watching. And the first thing I wrote was not the thing that everybody knows. It was another thing, a little bit more suspenseful. The mission was, in the, in the television, it was four or five, there was four or five uh, per persons that they were, they were actors, but they, they, they played the roles of very thicky, sneaky people who had the, go the government it was a kind of spy, pies. Mm. They were giving them a mission. The mission, impossible, was to get to a, for instance, to go to a country and get the bad guys, and you know they, they don't kill them, but they made them be possible. Uh, they trial, captured them. Trial and catch them and go to prison and and the bad guys didn't want to go for you. So the first thing I wrote, which was very successful also, and I still is, is called The Plot. The Plot. Yeah, because the people of the mission, they are plotting to get where they want to get. And it's difficult, because the, the other guys are not stupid. So they have to sneak and do So I wrote a kind of suspenseful march. Mm. Very suspenseful. And it wasn't a march with a lot of drums. It was sneaking, and the sound of dum, 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 a snare drum, very, very soft. You can hardly hear it. And no, no, no brass instrument, no, it's all strings, very, very suspenseful. Now, you use the word sneaky again. And you used that just earlier in your soccer, and you said that's what made you good, that you were sneaky. You were able to look one direction and go in another. It sounds like this music composition has a similar feel to the way that you were playing. So well, maybe there is a tie. You are very, very right and very observant. But let me tell you that they were trying to sneak into enemy positions or the, the you know the positions of, of the com combatant mm -hmm. I was trying to do a goal make a goal my own way it had nothing to do with it as I said you cannot think two things at the same time mm -hmm. the reason that one thing is sneaking you know and because in this kind of sport like American football or basketball, you have to do also that. Yes. And in the case of 
a television show that is about a sneaking. About sneaking and a Mission Impossible where you have that's to capture the bad guy. That's it. Yeah. Now what happened is after one year in in the air, it was uh, CBS, mm -hmm. and the producer Bruce Geller, who is the one who created, he not only he wrote the whole thing, he directed, he produced it, and he was amazing. His father had been a judge, a real, a real judge here in the United States, so he took many of the cases of his father and made them into the, 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 the subject of each episode. Oh, very cool. Yeah, that was cool. So how did uh, it get to a movie, and now how did you write the no, wait, new... Wait, wait, wait. Let's go. I'm sorry, but... No, that's okay. We'd you... love to hear this. Um, the, what happened is, after one year there, it was very successful. But the network called Bruce Geller, the producer, said, we love very much the music. Everything we love, because it's very su successful. But we would like, leave the music as it is, but we love just the beginning and the end of the show. The main title, the end credits, we like something dynamic that could like a, attract the people, like if some, if the people are in the kitchen having a soft drink, and the television set is in the, in the, uh, room, uh, bed, uh, no, in the living room. In the living room, right. Yeah. So the television, the living room, and you're the, in the, the kitchen. The, oh, Mission Impossible is playing. With the music that your composer did, Lado Schifrin, it, it, it won't happen hmm. because it's too, too soft and too mysterious. But if we need something, so that's why I wrote the thing that everybody knows. So it had excitement. It had more enthusiasm. When you hear it, it makes it's you like want to move. It makes yeah. you want to take action. Well, it's, it's like a like a logo. A logo, right. You know, a logo. You say, oh, well, this is Mission Impossible. Right. And I, I didn't know it was going to be so successful. I mean, it's, you know, just opened up last weekend in the box office, uh, Tom Cruise again, and it beat all the box office records. It's one of it's the number one movie yeah. right now and people are raving about it. It's yeah. got well, it's it's a, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't either. Huh? I haven't seen it either. I, I'm going to work next week. Awesome. Well, you know, you've you've not only created the, the soundtrack for Mission Impossible, but you also created it for many other movies. And another one of my Icons, uh, I guess you'd call him a mentor who um, who's left a legacy in health, fitness, and martial arts. Bruce Lee, the legend yeah. Bruce Lee, uh, the karate master, the music, the the actor. You wrote the music for Enter the Dragon. Yes. Uh, can you tell us about your relationship with Bruce Lee? I know that you trained with him one on one. You have a dojo here in your house that is. Almost a, a memorial to Bruce Lee. The first yes. time I walked in, there's a mannequin, the size, life-size mannequin of him, and lots of awards and different degrees of belts that you earned under his leadership. This exercise room was not a dojo ah. until I met him. I said, uh, as a composer, I had a very good agent who got me many projects, and one of them was 
uh, enter the dragon. I couldn't believe it because I knew who Bruce Lee was, and I didn't think I was going to ever get it. I thought it would be an Asian composer or somebody maybe from Japan or China. I didn't think I was going to get it. The, the way things work in Hollywood, the, the Asian looks for a job for his client, the composer. I mean, it could be an actor, but I had a composer's agent. And he looks for a job for his client. And I, in my case, I didn't think I was going to be selected. It seems that the first, the producers, the first composer they looked for was me. Well. I didn't know that. Again, luck. And the only thing they wanted was a, a beat. And I had to beat Bruce Lee and some of them. What and was the meeting like? What did, you, what did you discuss when you first met Bruce Lee? I, I, they asked me questions. I didn't discuss. Right. And there was something you told me about. He asked you if you were playing any sports. Yes, I, I said, which is the truth. At that, at that moment, I was only tennis. I didn't have time to do anything else. I had to train or to, I didn't have time. I was doing so many scores for television and movies that, that uh, I, I, I didn't have the time to, to train. And then, so I was doing tennis. To, to keep, but, tennis is a sport? Yeah, it's a good sport. So he says, no, you don't have to do tennis. You have to do martial arts. I like, I, that's the moment they, they have, oh, another thing I said, they asked me if I know any music of the Orient. I said, of course. I said, I study ethnomusicology in Paris, which is the ethnic music of any civilization and culture. Oh, okay. So I have studied music of the Orient, which is very, very interesting, because it's like karate, like martial arts. It goes to the point. It doesn't. It doesn't do like too many. Oh, oh, oh. It doesn't dance around. Pow. It just gets to the point. Snap. Pow. Mm. Very simple. And he got, they liked it, and they hired me. Bruce Lee said to me, the way he said, he said, I'm going to train you. And that's why I had to build in my exercise room a dojo. And he came here, said, the best fight is no fight. Oh, that was the first lesson, very cool. So he's trained with Bruce Lee here. As here I said, he had, he had a place and I, in, in Santa Monica and Dokini, which is very near here. And he called, uh, I, don't know, I don't remember the name, but he was, had a uh, martial arts or something, academy of martial arts or something. And he had a, disciple, Emil Farka was his name, who got all the things that he did, and he was training me. Mm. 
Yeah, I think I did it twice a week with him. Great. And you graduated to a black belt, I see, that you have. Well, at the beginning, it's a white belt, and you go to yellow belt, green belt. Sure. Brown belt, that's getting close to black. And I did, I got it. That's awesome. And they, they, they do it, the belts is, they bring three martial artists. In some cases, with Bruce Lee. And you get nervous. But no, I was sure of myself. And I did it. But Difficult, but yeah. I, I could solve it. Now you're you're 86 years young, and you presumably live a healthy and fit life. You're still active writing music. There has to be some tie-in to the way that you performed in your exercises, doing martial arts, playing soccer. Uh, I'm sure you ate well. How has that played into your life longevity, living you know, to 86 years old, where most people wish they can live till, and you're still active, you're still writing music for, you did know, some of the, the famous composers and musicians out there. Well, I cannot explain why, but I, because I, I, I don't do things, I must do this. It doesn't happen if you, if you do naturally, I have an instinct that tells me you have to do this. Mm. But as I say, it's, it's not, you know that, oh, I have, I have to become the best martial artist or the best composer. I, I, that doesn't work. But if you do it with love and care, and if it's something in you that makes you do it, then it works. I couldn't agree more. I think that's, you know, when I teach and coach, uh, and in my book coming out, I Am Healthy and Fit, which is the name of this podcast, I start with the person's why. So why do they come to me? Why did you buy this book? Why are, do you want to be healthy and fit? Why did you hire me to be your coach? And when they say, oh, I want to lose weight, you know, I then ask them, well, why do you want to lose weight? And I try to get deeper into their understanding. The more you can understand your why, the how is easy. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Then, the, 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 this is parallel. On one hand, is what I just tell you, told you. And on one hand, you have to, I mean, you don't have to. Whatever it is, God or, or the instinct or the, your, your fire inside makes you do it. But then, as I said, on the other hand, you have to have the technique. And that you must study. Mm. Because you need the technique. Bruce Lee had an incredible technique. And he, that's why he had the genius on one hand, and the other hand, the amazing technique. Mm -hmm. The genius is the genius. Sure. It's something that you cannot describe. Yeah. It can be God, it can be whatever. It comes from inside. Right, it's your passion, it's your It's will. a passion. Yes. And the other thing is the technique that you must practice and pra practice. You know, there's, there's uh, can I say a, a little joke or something? Sure, yes, please. Uh, there's a, in the music circles, there's a kind of anecdote or joke that is said, one guy arrives to New York City. He arrives, he comes from somewhere in, and, and comes 
from Subway, at Subway, and he asked a lady in the street in New York, she says, please, could you tell me how, how can I get to the Carnegie Hall? I said, practice, practice, practice. Ah, great lesson. So this is exactly what you have to practice. That's great. So now, is there any words of wisdom that you can give our audience? Uh, we're all aging, we all want to be our best self. And you just gave one there, practice, 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 have love, know your why, have passion with what you're doing. You've been very successful in music and successful in your life. Do you have any words of wisdom that you can share with us about success and the, the, the will to want more and be better? Well, I, I've been saying that during this interview all the time. What I, what I said was, you have to have a passion, which you don't have to force. You cannot, have, you cannot force yourself to have passion. And the other thing is the technique. Practice, practice, practice. I cannot go further than that because it's the truth. And it's my truth and it's the truth for everybody. And let me tell you, there are many musicians pianists or whatever, singers, who want to be whatever, they, they want to have success. Well, they practice, 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 but they don't have the ginger, they don't have the fire. So they are no good. Do you know how many of them, I, I don't know what to tell them. You know, there was a, you know who Luciano Pavarotti was? Of course. Well, I work with him. I, I see a picture with you and yeah. him there. Well, he, there was a lady who wanted to be, he, he, he had a Luciano Pavarotti competition, which means singers who come to wherever, whatever, in his own house in New York City. He had another in Italy. But in, in Europe, it was a big, big, big condo, condominium. Very luxurious. It made me go there for, for many reasons, practice uh, with him. I played the piano for his songs. And, and one time I was there when this lady came, and she was terrible. The first time she, he was listening to her, she wanted to be competing in the Luciano Pavarotti competition. So he had, gave her an audition. She was so bad that I didn't understand why he, who was so big, didn't say out, finish. But he was ethical. He let her finish. And that was in the living, big living room with a grand piano, elegant. So he said, let, let's go to my office, which was next to the living room. And the office had, little statue, he, he had a statues, he collected very uh, statues from, little statues in, in, the, in, the, in the office, in, 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 in the desk, uh, they were uh, statues that they were from Europe, and big uh, uh, sculptures that have done it. And he said to her, I would will, I will have sort of, I'm sorry, come another day or so, no, not to talk to her. He, he was very nice. I said, sit down to her. He was there, his manager, and me, that's all, and, and her. 
Oh, because she came, well, I said, do you study with somebody? Yes. You study with him because she, she, she had another guy there. I said, no, he's my boyfriend. <laughs> oh, okay. But you study with somebody, yes. And how many times a, a week? I know, and she said, every day until the night. Mm. Well, do you see this statue? And it was a, it was a, uh, how do you say, um, with a horse. Uh, like a chariot, uh, you know, horse rider. Well, so it was a, it was a horse. So a, 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 a rider. A rider on a horse. Uh, yeah. The kind of name that the kind of statue. I read it with a horse and says, look at this statue. She said, oh, beautiful. Look at the muscles in the horse's legs. How well, oh, yeah. You know how difficult it is to make it look, it's marble, it looks like a, something alive. Oh, she said, well, you know, she, you know, he made it with marble. Yeah, she said. Well, you don't have the marble. <laughs> oh wow! How did she respond to that? That was it. That was it. She left. And it that took was it. too long. I, yeah. I wouldn't have done it. Yes. I don't have the patience to. If somebody, I would have been bad. I mean, I would, I would have insulted her. Why? I, I would have said, uh, I'll, "I'll answer you." One week from now, and and then send an uh, assistant to say, Mr. Pavarotti, think that yeah. all the. Yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, the moral of the story here is: you need to be passionate. You need to practice. You need to hire a coach, or find a coach, or a mentor, someone yeah, but that also, you. Also, you have to have that fire because the sculpture. The, the 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 marble has no no life, right? And the sculpture had this incredible passion that made it look like a real horse, right? So that's why I say always two things. On one, the most important is the passion, the the, the instinct, and the idea that do something alive. It could be sculpture, it could be painting, it could be. Music, it could be anything. It could be also working on a profession. If you like what you're doing and you believe in what you're doing and you want to say something with what you're doing, that's the thing. And then the other is the technique. For instance, if a lady wants to, let's say that she doesn't have too, too much talent, but she wants to do or, or a guy, it could be she or him, they want to do something for themselves. And if they cannot do it, they start writing, they start studying, uh, writing, uh, how you call it, with a... Typewriter? Typewriter. And that's not easy. Right. Well, awesome. Lalo, it's been a great pleasure having you on this podcast. I appreciate you as a client. I appreciate you as a friend. And I appreciate the legacy that you've left and leave with us. 
uh, with Mission Impossible, Enter the Dragon, and so many countless other movies and scores and compositions that you created from your passion, from your love, from your tenacious want and need to master your craft of music. I thank you. Oh, thank you, Steve. And I want to, to know that the reason I did it is because you understand what I'm saying. If you wouldn't understand, it would be a waste of time for you and me. But because you have an understanding of this passion and this energy, you have the energy. And we became, that's why we became friends. We don't know each other too long, very short, but we became friends. Yeah, it's only been about three months. So yeah. I appreciate this. This is, a, this is a treasure and this is very rare that you've gone on record with a recording and an interview. It's uh, one of a kind. So I hope you appreciated this. I did, certainly. Thank you again, Lalo. Thank you, listeners, for listening. I am healthy and fit. Until next time. And next time. I tell you the story. In this next section, Lalo asked me why and how I got into the industry. And in my answer, I talk, and then we go back and forth. And there's a lot more that unravels in this interview and more about Lalo and health and fitness and other ideas that I know that will be value if you continue to listen. Thanks for listening so far and enjoy the rest of the show. How did you get the idea of working in this, in, in this uh, practice that you do? So I got into health and fitness at an early age. I was an athlete growing up. I played soccer, American football. Oh, you played soccer? I did, just when I was younger, up until probably about 12 years old, 11 years old. Played for a traveling team as well, and I excelled in sports. So sport movement was always part of my life and important. I was typically the kid that couldn't sit still. I'd rather instead of watching TV or playing video games or reading a book, I'd rather go out and play with my friends and play a sport. So when I fast forward in college, when I was in college, I was 19 years old, uh, going into my sophomore year, I suffered a traumatic brain injury from an accident that I was in. I fell off of a balcony, two stories, landing on my head on concrete. Oh, wow. And it was in a life and death situation where I had to have brain surgery to save my life and to relieve any type of brain damage that I may have suffered already or may suffer because of that impact and the trauma that I had. So after that, uh, I mean, I was in the hospital for a month and a half in intensive care, underwent a lot of different tests. Uh, I, I came home and as soon as I was able to start moving and I was released by the doctors, I started to exercise the way that I knew how, which was basic weightlifting, but I did it very lightly. I did it in ways that made me feel good, made me sweat, and it made me push beyond my comfort zone so that I just, I needed to feel good. That was really where I saw the difference in exercise, not as a way of looking good, which is how I preferred to work out before. I wanted to attract girls. I wanted my friends to think I was cool and macho. Uh, but it was more about feeling good, about my own self-esteem, 
And that was really where I found health and fitness as a possible career path because in college I was studying this exercise movement, exercise science, and I saw the possibility of, of this really from here, from California, from Beverly Hills. This is where in the 90s, personal trainers were only known. There weren't personal trainers in New Jersey in the 90s. If there were, there was very few. Uh, and I always saw myself as a California kid. I saw myself someone who wanted to work with top people in my in, top people in the world, people who inspired me like you inspire me. And uh, I ended up studying. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And I ended up studying uh, under some great mentors and getting educated on a lot of the stuff that I teach and coach you on. And just slowly but surely, I built the practice while I was still in college. I had an amazing opportunity to be a trainer in the White House under the Bill Clinton administration. In 1997 to 1998, I was hired as a trainer intern, and it was awesome. Uh, and that set my career path on a trajectory that I knew that I was unique. I knew that I was special. I knew I had something, like you said in our interview, passion. I had a gift. I had something inside me, a yeah. desire that was burning to give people an opportunity to help themselves be better wherever they were in life, whether they were challenged just emotionally, whether they were challenged with weight, whether they were challenged physically, or they were even challenged emotionally or mentally. I know that exercise is a, a key and a tool to be able to provide a lot of opportunities to get through, to work through, to overcome, as it did in my life and as I've seen in thousands of lives that I've worked with over the past 22 years of my life. That's great because that's the, that's the key. Okay? You know, body and and brain, body and soul, they have to be parallel. If you if you have the, train only the body, but not the brain and the passion, it doesn't happen. Or vice versa. That's what we've been talking in the interview. Yes. You have to need both. Unfortunately, I now, maybe the, I did so many things in my life, you know, that I am out. I'm, I still, but I still, I'm writing and I like to talk to you. I, I cannot move to, and I have this, I don't know where they come, these viruses and, I must be weak. I'm, I'm talking, you know, weak in the, in the sense of I, I eat well. I have a very nice, I'm very happy with my family. I have nothing that but viruses and my, my body is, is kind of complaining. I should give him the complaint that I, 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 they want to have a pay retirement. Right. But we talked about this the first day that we met, and I said, movement is medicine. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it was something really cool to see. A light turned on for you, and you have it and use it as a mantra now. 
And am, am I not right? Like you, you really believe that that that's something. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's true. Oh. I mean, movement is medicine. That's what helped heal me. I see it work with you when I'm working and coaching you. And the more you move, and the the better you feel. Number one, the better you move. Today is a special day because of the virus. Sure. But we'll come back hopefully next time. Absolutely. And that's what you say is very, very true. Movement is medicine, yes. And I need it. I, that's why I, I, I wanted to be with you, and I still want it. I had trainers before, but they, no, none of them had the insight and the perception you have and the, the focus. You have a focus that they didn't give me. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. No, no, it's true. What's well, it's nice to hear. I don't hear it often, and sometimes we need no, it's feedback. True. It's true. I know that you know when I work with people and I see they get the results. I know I have an impact in people's lives, and sometimes it's just nice to hear it, especially for someone like you, who I know has a very high standard. Well, thank you, and you thank thank you thank me, and I thank you. This this is becoming a it's a symbiotic relationship. Yes, it's good. But it's very nice. Great. And I, I have a lot to learn from you. And I've been learning all these weeks. That you don't know how much I learned from you. Great. You're going to think, he has, what did he learn from me? It's stuff. And something different from Bruce Lee. Different from my teachers, of, music teachers, I'm talking about professors, now they are not really teachers, they're professors that they have, they're composers. They, one of them passed away because he was older than me, but I learned so much from him. He was the director of the Paris Conservatory. Hmm. And he didn't take too many, I mean, he was in the conservatory and giving sometimes lectures was amazing because you see another perspective to music. People think that music is like that, but it was going like that. Mm. For you to put me in the same sentence as Bruce Lee and your professor from the Paris Conservatory is incredible. I'm Olivier, his name was Olivier Messiaen. Amazing. Really amazing. And I, I, but I learned from very, I had very good teachers. And Argentina also. Hmm. Well, the first teacher, I studied piano when I was five years old. One day I'm going to show you, I have a picture in the house. Where you, I'm playing the piano already, and I'm five years old. You're going to see that. Cool. I look forward to seeing it. So you, it's, and it's a very happy life. Yeah. Well, you have to go now. No, I'm good. We're good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do you have any other questions? No. No. Let's talk about something else. Yeah. You know, I, I, the passion I, I have said in the past, I've gone on record saying it, and I'll say it again. What drives me is are the results that I help people get or the aha moments that people have or the appreciation like you have for me being in their life it's not the money it's not the 
the lifestyle that I live and the fancy cars, the fancy houses and the, the relationships I've had with a lot of very cool, interesting people who run the world, but it's the, the results that I can give, the lives that I make better, the world that is a better place because of that. But you know why? Why? Because you have the marble. <laughs> really? Yes, thank you. Now you think. Think about that. Pavarotti, big guy. I mean, no, I'm talking, no, physically. I'm talking in terms of what, what he was as a yeah. musician, a tenor, what he sang. And he had a big, big repertoire. And when he tells somebody, you don't have the marble, oh, you have the marble. He had the marble. And you have the marble. I'm telling you, you have it. Great. No, really. I, that's why I'm, I'm for me, it's a great experience talking to you. And, you know, we don't have to talk about these things all the time. We can talk about, you can tell me another story or somebody. I can tell you other stories. We don't have to talk only, only about the training and music. We can talk other things. Yes. And that's good for the brain. It would refresh. You, you tell a story like I told you about the, how do I get to the Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice. There are many things like anecdotes, things that happen to you. Oh, I'm sorry. Put it here. It's things that happen to you or, or somebody that you know. It's funny things or, you know, it's, because it's good. That's right. Life is good. Life is beautiful. Absolutely. Life is beautiful. And you have the positive. You, you saw the movie Kelly's Heroes, no? What is it called? Kelly's Heroes. Kelly's Heroes? No. No. Well, and I, it's, it's with Clint Eastwood and Donald Sutherland, many actors. It's about, it happened in the Second World War, a bunch of uh, American soldiers. Now they are getting to France because they, they, from England, they, D-Day, you know. They, so two months after they got into France and they're moving toward Berlin, they have a prisoner, German prisoner, and Clint Eastwood interrogates him. <laughs> and what do you have there? In the, in the like a briefcase? Briefcase. No, nothing. Clint Eastwood opens it and it has bar, gold bars. Oh. And what, what is gold for? There's a bank in, in, in a French city that has been taken by the Germans and in a bank. And Clint Eastwood makes it say same way. So Donald Sutherland, Emil, uh, Don Rickles, you know the rich. Sure. All comedians. But they, Clint Eastwood is serious. He's a straight guy. But the others are making comedy. And Donald Sutherland, he's in a, in a, he has a tank. And they need a tank. Because all they want to do is to rob the bank and get the, the gold. <laughs> That's why Kelly, the name of Clint Eastwood in the movie is Kelly. Hey, Kelly, what are we doing now? So he, and they are all the, Heroes. It's so funny because Donald Sutherland 
he says, man, why you have to have negative ways? They, they, they have no, there's a moment they need a bridge. They are going, while, while the Germans are going in this direction, they are going in that direction. So they, they bomb a bridge, there's no bridge. And how they're going to cross, they need to cross in order to, and one of the Americans who drives the tank, his name is Moriarty. Okay, Moriarty, let's go to another bridge. Where you go to Moriarty, to Clint How you going to find another bridge? There you go, Moriarty. You, have, you bring these negative ways. Where you have to bring these negative ways? It's all like that, the movies. And finally, they get to what they want, fantastic. It's very tongue -in -cheek. It's a happy movie. It's a happy movie. It's a happy movie. It's funny, a Second World War comedy. Huh? Because the war is terrible. This is a funny, it's a comedy. I have to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And one more thing before you take off. Would you like to receive a short email from me one time a week on Fridays? Five to Thrive Fridays is a way for me to keep you expanding your health and fitness with five of the coolest things that I find interesting or ideas that I've been thinking about. Health and fitness books, trends, foods, recipes, supplements, anything to keep you feeling healthy and fit over the weekend and beyond. Visit stevejordan.com and click on the hashtag IamHealthyAndFit to leave your email address. And one more important note, if you found this podcast motivating, inspiring, or educational, please share with your family, your friends, coworkers, or anyone that you know who needs to improve their health or fitness. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or any other social media platform. Taking the initiative to share not only helps the people you share it with, but it will help you because the law of giving to get. You see, when you give with generosity and without expectation, you will receive more for doing so. And this holds true when you want to be healthy and fit, my friends. This is another exercise that I prescribe to all of my clients. And those that have taken it on have undoubtedly seen the most results. So please, take a few more minutes of your time and do it now. Thank you again for listening. I am healthy and fit.